0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 378 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Got a very special treat for you guys today. Going to be joined here in just a second by Mr. Armando Velez of Locked On Florida Panthers. The obvious connection right now as far as doing a crossover episode with Armando is, of course, that Gerard Gallant used to coach the Florida Panthers before he was unceremoniously fired in the middle of year three. We'll kind of get the scoop from Armando about everything that went on behind the scenes there as far as, you know, everything that he was privy to and just talk a little bit about uh, who Gallant is as a coach, what his coaching style is like, what his personality is like, all that good stuff. Uh, Armando really does a fantastic job of just kind of uh, giving us some insight into, you know, who is Gerard Gallant and just kind of giving us an idea of what we're in for as New York Ranger fans now that Gallant is going to be the head coach. And we also talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup playoffs and just sports and hockey in general. It's really a fun time, really a fun time. Conversation, and this is going to be part one of a two part conversation with Armando Velez. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Panther fans. We have a special crossover edition for you guys today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Armando Velez of Locked On Panthers. Armando, how are we doing today, buddy?
1: I'm doing quite well. Uh, it's been a few weeks now since the Panthers have been eliminated, and It's been great to look back on a very, very encouraging season, a season of direction for this franchise. How about yourself?
0: Uh, Kind of the same. And I think as far as our hockey fandom is concerned, we're kind of in the same boat because, you know, the Rangers, they did miss the playoffs this year. They had a lot of drama uh, both on and off the ice. I mean, that's a whole can of worms that we don't need to open. But overall, a lot of young talent, still the youngest team in the league. I I think both of us can can feel very good. But I have to ask you about Jared Gallant, man, because obviously – you know, I I've always thought he got a bad deal with the Panthers, also kind of got a bad deal with the Knights, and now he's the head coach of the New York Rangers. Um What was your impression of Jared Gallant when he was the coach of your team there?
1: I just saw that he was a previous winner with the, with the St. John's Sea Dogs and yep. winning a Memorial Cup, and I, I thought... Okay, this guy is a proven winner, not necessarily at the NHL level. He did have a previous coaching stint with Columbus at the time. So I was thinking, okay, cool. Something something new, something that for the Panthers, they they get a guy who won at a certain level. And it, it's crazy. With Dragolant, they in a very encouraging first season of 91 points for the Panthers and then in 2016, they get their franchise record, 103 points, win the division title in 2016, but get bounced in the first round of the postseason against the New York Islanders in sixth. And then with Chiraglant, the Panthers really didn't get off to the best start. They went 11-10-1 in their first 22 games. In that same offseason, Eric Cobranson was traded and... Dimitri Krulikov was traded as well. And there were rumors about Gerard Gallant just not embracing analytics. And that created a little bit of friction between Gallant and the front office. And then also the thing is this ownership group that the Florida Panthers had did not originally hire Gerard Gallant. So the fact that they wanted to embrace analytics into their franchise, the head coach wasn't really a fan of it at the time at least that's the rumor and then the with the start that they had through 22 games with the trades in the offseason and then some injuries along the way it just didn't create for a good situation for gallant and the then after a 3-2 loss against carolina the florida panthers decide to let him go there's that photo on the internet of gerard gallant taking the taxi right out of pnc arena which jargalant a few years later talked about how that was a misconception about what really happened with the taxi cab situation and then he's successful in vegas reaching the stanley cup final in year one and then just recently john in the ihf world championships he gets a gold medal with team Canada after a rough start to three. Yeah. Oh, and three to begin. And they end up winning gold and let, let's not forget. He was a free agent for over a season and he was on the market for a while t- takes Ke- team Canada all the way. And at that point we just knew he was going to get an opportunity because regardless of what kind of relationships druglot had, whether it was in Florida Vegas, or, or even before in Columbus, Jarrel The truth about this guy is he's a winner. He knows how to yep. win. He knows how to get the best of his players. And I think it's such a great situation for a New York Rangers team for you guys that mm-hmm. is really on the on the come up with back to back years of top two picks with getting Capo Caco and then Alexi Lafreniere, and then you know I, I don't I don't know. your thoughts of the Rangers were before this season but I feel like a lot of people thought that they were going to be a bubble playoff team and I think what happened this season was just that for the Rangers and yeah they fell short and I know you talked about a little bit about how you didn't think that David Quinn deserved to get fired and funny enough right before our call John David Quinn was announced that it was announced that David Quinn finished tied for 11th in coach of the um, in coach of the year for the Jack Adams award it tied for 11th with Rod Brindamore winning and coach Q finishing third. So that, that, that's really, that's really what it comes down to with Gallant. He's a winner. He knows, he knows how to get the best out of his players. And I think it's a really good situation for the Rangers.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's one of the points that I've been kind of continually making on my podcast, both in the lead up to Jared Gallant, because he's been, uh, you know, my top choice basically ever since David Quinn got fired, you know, we could debate whether or not David Quinn deserved one more year or not. But the thing with Jared Gallant that really uh, stood out to me is that both with the Panthers and then also with the Vegas Golden Knights, it just seems like he does more with less. Like, he can take over a roster that maybe is not necessarily the most talented roster in the league, but he will get the absolute most out out of all of his players. He will take the team as far as they can possibly go. We saw that when he took the Vegas Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup Finals. And now he comes to the Rangers, and I got to believe—I mean, no disrespect to any of your Panther teams there, Armando—but I got to believe this is the roster— with the most talent, or at least at the very least, the most upside of any roster that he's ever had. And so for those reasons, you know, I'm tremendously excited to see what he can do with these guys.
1: I don't necessarily disagree with you because there the Florida Panthers, when Gerard Gallant was around, that one of their leaders was Yarmir Yager, who was like in his early forties, like going to his yeah. mid-40s at the time. So and it felt at times in that 2016 season, even though the Florida Panthers had their 12-game winning streak at the time to help them accelerate to winning a division title, there was a lot of times where it was reliant on a an aging veteran in your Army or Yager. And Yager, uh, still to this day, I believe, he has a 30-plus game goalless streak in his in his in the postseason, and I mean, he, he's probably never going to play in the NHL ever again. But he and en- he ended his career with with not scoring a goal in, I believe, thirty plus playoff games. So that was that was also a crutch that was holding the Florida Panthers back. And with, like you said, the New York Rangers are the youngest team in the NHL, and like like I mentioned, they have a. They have a Norse C- Trophy candidate in Adam Fox, who has been uh, traded twice t- throughout yeah. his career as a prospect. And the, the New York Rangers are really benefiting from a player like Adam Fox, who fell short of the Calder Trophy last year to Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche. And once again, Adam Fox and Kale McCarr are tied up in another award chase. So it, it's great to see the the, t- the talent for the New York Rangers is is there. and. I fully expect them next season to not be a bubble playoff team and be a playoff team. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but I think that they could at least get second or third in the metropolitan or maybe even a wild card spot, but not like waiting two more games until clinching a spot. I think they could, they could might as they could be in that position.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, going into the, uh, the season, these past two seasons, really, I've kind of, You know, previewing everything that's going to happen during the course of the entire season and talking about, uh, you know, who I'm looking to have a big year and are the Rangers going to be a playoff team? I've kind of put it at 50-50 in both of these past two seasons as far as the Rangers making the playoffs or not. Obviously, this past season, they didn't make it. And the year before that, of course, the pandemic wreaked havoc on the entire world. And we had that 2014 playoff tournament. So who knows what would have happened there. Uh, They were closing in on a playoff spot before the season was paused. But I mean, this is the first season where I'm like, yeah, I'm fully expecting it. Like when you look at this young talent and now uh, we got the coach in place that seemingly everybody is happy about. I mean, I haven't really heard too many people say, oh, Jared Golan, I don't want him. Uh, Everybody really seems pleased with this. And it just he feels like the right coach at the right time with the right team. And again, you know, all the young talent that they have, it's scary to think how much better Adam Fox can still continue to get. I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of the guys like Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco, as you mentioned. So uh, it's very, very exciting. Uh, The the future definitely looks bright for this team under Gallant. And, you know, he finally inherits uh, a really, really talented roster because, you know, with Columbus, I mean, they're never really that good. Uh, With the Panthers, obviously he kind of turned you guys around and molded you into a winner before he was fired. And then with the Knights, I mean, it's an expansion team, so it's basically a complete wildcard kind of situation, and he takes them to the finals. Uh, but I wanted to ask you specifically about the uh, the 2015-2016 season, because, you know, you've mentioned that a couple times. I get the feeling for, for Panther fans, they probably look back at that season pretty fondly. Um, to me, you know, I, I went back, I looked at some numbers, I looked at the roster from that team, and it kind of seemed like, I mean, they definitely had some good players, but it seemed like they maybe overachieved a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'll put the question to you. Did you... See them having a strong season that year under gallant the way that they did, or did it sort of come out of nowhere and kind of catch everybody by surprise?
1: before that season i thought okay there's there should be expectations at least to compete in the at least get a wild card spot but and they got off to that really slow start in 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 that season, and then what really helped accelerate them was that twelve game winning streak that they had. So it it wasn't like the this 2021 season where the Florida Panthers were just dominant right out of the gate. It took it had to, it had to take a 12-game winning streak in order to win the division because yeah. they, they won it, I believe, with like a week or two uh left of the season, I believe. So again, I, I believe they clinched their division title on a road game Against the Montreal Canadiens, if I remember correctly, but yeah, it, it took a 12-game winning streak to put themselves in in that position, and there were, but versus a season like this where they were able to be so dominant from the start that even a few hiccups, the most, the biggest losing streak that they had this season was three. And it only happened twice. in In 2016, it happened. There were more than just a, th- a three game losing streak in, in that season. So that one really accelerated them. And, and yeah, they they made the trade for Yarmir Yager at the time with the New Jersey Devils. They got players like Yuri Hoodler and Teddy Purcell in, in at the trade deadline that year. So it was it, it was a great year for the Panthers. And did I expect to win the division? No that that was a year after the Tampa Bay Lightning made the Stanley Cup final where they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks and of course Boston's in that division as well and they're always relevant so yeah it, it 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 seemed like it came out of nowhere when a lot of people thought that the Florida Panthers could have still at least been a wild card team and it's funny it's the same thing this year i expected the Florida Panthers to finish like 4th or 5th in the central and they ended up getting the 2 seed In that one so the 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 my favorite type of success when it comes to the team is when you don't have any expectations and the the success comes then versus when you do have expectations and then big disappointment happens so it it was a good feeling both in 2016 and this year in 2021
0: yeah those are the best seasons man i mean i could look back at 2014 for the Rangers, uh, you know, obviously they had a a good team going into that season, but when your team uh, just completely exceeds your expectations and just kind of goes on a crazy playoff run or whatever it might be, I mean, those are the most fun seasons when you end up being pleasantly surprised by, you know, what your team does. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives. And if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com.
1: This year, specifically for the Panthers, because they started off so hot, they they have a lot of roster control with their RFAs that they have, like Gustav Forsling and Anthony Duclair, and they could very well control some of the rights for, for qualifying offers to keep certain players there, and it seems like that this is something that could be sustainable more than just this year, versus what 2016 happened there is a five-year drought in between playoff appearances. And personally for me, I don't count the Stanley Cup qualifiers as a playoff appearance because at the time they were – points percentage, they were the 10th seed in the East while your New York Rangers were 11th uh, in that year. So they they were not a playoff team, and they were just – they were just – if the season ended there the way they were going, it was just – it, it was. I didn't think that the Panthers had it in them to make a run had there not been a stoppage. As the Tampa Bay Lightning go up one nothing against the uh, New York Islanders. So as, as I'm watching that live as we as we speak.
0: Yeah. So. No. It's, it's been a great uh, playoff run. That's been a very interesting series so far, and uh, I'm definitely going to pop that game on as soon as we're done here. But uh, I wanted to ask you at least one more Gallant question because. You know, we've been talking on my show about, you know, all the all the success he's had and, you know, maybe some of the even the failures that he's had with the Columbus Blue Jackets and just kind of going through his track record and what people think of him. But I just wanted to get uh, a little bit of an idea as far as his personality is concerned, because, you know, with David Quinn, I think he kind of split the Ranger fan base a little bit. I tended to stick up uh, for him on here more often than not. But two things that he did that used to always, you know, kind of drive me crazy Uh, one, I thought he was very trigger happy when it came to benching certain players to the point where, I mean, they're the youngest team in the league and not that that gives them a free pass to take stupid penalties and do whatever else, but I don't think you want your guys out there playing scared either. And I, again, I I think he was just a little bit too quick to bench people. And the other issue I had is he was constantly, not so much in the other years, but this past year, constantly juggling the lines. Like if you had one bad shift, you were going from the second line down to the fourth line and the fourth line guy is moving up to the first, just all kinds of juggling. So, I mean, can you kind of just give us an idea of, you know, uh who Gallant is as far as his personality is concerned? I mean, is he tough on his players or a little bit more of a player's coach? I mean, just any any kind of uh insight uh, as far as that's concerned.
1: With, Gar- with Gerard Gallant, as far as, like, talking to, like, in public and the media, he's he's very dry sometimes with, like, what he says and what he doesn't say. He doesn't really... He he he, ha- he has that smile has uh, he has that smile here and there, but it do- it doesn't reveal too- he doesn't reveal too much of necessarily what's on his mind. But when he does, it's it's <laughs> he goes all in and like what he has to say. So sometimes he could catch you by surprise. So that's kind of the thing about Gerard Gallant. And more of the stuff with him happens like be behind the scenes on what's like really on his mind. So nothing really came to the surface. In the in the post game pressers or anything in between during his time in Florida, and it's it's more like if he's really gonna say like the the meaningful things, like as far as like him not liking analytics, for example, like he's gonna really he's not gonna dish that out in public. So one thing that you're gonna get from Gallant is for the very important things, as far as like relationships and not putting players under the bus that, that he, he's going to leave that behind the scenes. That's what, that's what I think drug can bring to the New York Rangers.
0: No, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And you know, as somebody who was a Ranger fan, obviously I've been a fan of them since 1994 when they won the cup, but you know, I went through the John Tortorella era and he was the exact opposite of that. I mean, he will (laughs) literally shoot his mouth off. After any game, about anything, he'll snap on any reporter at any time. So to have somebody that uh, maybe plays a little bit closer to the vest and Jared Gallant, I, th- I think that's a good thing. And, you know, there was even some rumors that, oh, maybe the Rangers would bring back John Tortorella. And I'm thinking, like, no. Like, we already went through no. one tenure of this. We don't need this again, man. You know, I- and it's slightly intriguing, and he is entertaining, and, you know, he does demand a lot out of his players. But I was always on the Gallant train, man. I, I did not d- need John Tortorella around two.
1: Yeah, and after this previous round, especially in this season, on the Pierre Luc Dubois situation with Columbus and and also benching Patrick Lane almost nearly as soon as he arrives in Columbus, that I just think that John Tortorella needs a little bit of time off before he goes back. I think I think he'll be a coach again because the the truth is with the NHL, a lot of the same coaches get recycled around the league. So I like, for example, Rick Tockett who just got fired by the Arizona Coyotes is right as of right this point in time right now is the favorite to be the coach of the Seattle Kraken who has, he has a relationship with Ron Francis, the GM of the Kraken. So, so a lot of these coaches get recycled. So also it's not surprised that Gallant is, back in the NHL with the New York Rangers. But I think John Tortorella, if the if the trend of NHL coaches goes as we know it, then he'll probably be a coach again somewhere.
0: Yeah, I think so too. You know, I, I think the fire still burns there. And I think, uh, you know, one of these, maybe one of these franchises is kind of down in the dumps and just feels like it basically needs a little jolt. Uh, that's the kind of team you might see uh, target somebody like John Tortorella. But, you know, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the Panthers, man, because obviously they had a really nice season this year. And to your point, the roster that they have now seems a little bit more stable than the the one that they did back in 2015, 2016. So, I mean, how much fun was the season for you, first of all? And I also got to know about you attending game one uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning there in the playoffs. So, I mean, just, just kind of give me a feel for that if you can.
1: Yeah, the, the this season was, this season was great. They, they didn't get their first loss, which is an OT OTL until the seventh game of the season. and, They, I, especially with how the schedule was this season with more of two game series, like a baseball type of deal, which honestly, I would not mind if the NHL went that route, even if they returned to an 82 game schedule, because it would be easier on travel for the players. But that's another discussion for another day. But I I went into each series thinking, get three out of four. And a lot of times they went, four out of four a lot of the times and and sometimes they didn't get even half the points they got more than half every single time and I was just looking at the pace where the Florida Panthers were going I was looking at moneypuck.com on their playoff chances and basically from the quarter point of the season to the one one third point of the season it was always over 80 percent so I just thought to my, I just thought to myself, if they just keep doing what they're doing, they're they're gonna find a way to still make the playoffs and put themselves in a good position. And the Central Division, whether people want to say it's a weak division or not, they separated themselves by a large margin between the, I, I mean, the, the top three teams did: Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida. All separated themselves from at the time it was Chicago, at number four. But Dallas had all their games in hands, and. Nashville hadn't gone on their surge yet on their winning streak um, before, before making the playoffs. And the, the Panthers from the halfway point, they knew they knew they were in. So it was all about keeping consistent. And like I said earlier in the show, only two separate three game losing streaks and that's it. And every single time after that, they would make it up by winning a few games in a row. And that and there was consistency and there there's no reason to doubt that for at least for me um, unless they they make they have a not so good off season and they don't get the players that they want they don't find a way to move on from a Keith Yandel or an Anton Strollman and the it, it just depend it just the, the success seems to be something that could be consistent, but there still needs to be some moves n- need to be made. Bill Zito found a way to move Mike Matheson's contract last off season in exchange for Patrick Hornquist. And I, I believe in what Bill Zito can do with his, with how he manages the cap. He was the numbers cruncher in Columbus went during his time there under Jarmo Kekalainen. So I, I believe that Bill Zito can find a way to hopefully move, move some of the contracts of a, Keith Yandel and, and Anton Stroman. And as far as game one went, it was an amazing atmosphere. I, yeah. I, I, I originally, I've said this on my podcast before, when I used to live in South Florida, I had tickets ready for game seven of Panthers Islanders. I bought them two hours before game six, only for it to not happen. And yes, I got one through, for the Rangers audience. I did get my money back. It, because there wasn't a game seven. So I, I wanted to see what that atmosphere was like. I watched every single playoff game in per, um, on TV that year, but I didn't get to see one in person. And then I said, it, next time they make the playoffs, I have to be there for at least one game because NHL playoff atmosphere is something, definitely something that I, I can't even describe it. I felt like, I I never felt so alive. That's that's the best way I can put it. I know ne- I could. I never felt so alive at a sporting event because I I've been to only, I, I've actually been to as far as postseason game for sports. I've been to a total of four in my life: a baseball postseason game when I was ten for the Florida Marlins at the time, two Miami Heat playoff games, and one Florida Panthers playoff game. And honestly, maybe this is a little bit of recency bias on my part as far as Playoff atmosphere, I, I've never seen anything in person like what I experienced in game one. and I, I guess it's maybe because I'm ex- experiencing it in person, and there's such a difference between in person and TV and and we're talking about a non-traditional hockey market in South Florida that and South Florida is a market that embraces winning. If you win, the fans will come it's It's not like New York that if even if the Rangers are bad the fans will come same thing with the New York Knicks. Right. But when, when there's a playoff atmosphere, I can, I can only imagine in Madison square garden in person for like the Stanley cup final, the year they made it, they lost against the Kings. I can only imagine as well, how electric that atmosphere must've been as well. I
0: I can only imagine it too, man. I mean, it was crazy enough on TV. It comes through the TV uh, pretty profoundly as well, but, and I don't know if this is true, but I saw something when the Rangers made it to the finals against the Kings, I have a hard time believing this, but apparently, you know, there was an article that it might be cheaper to fly to Los Angeles, buy tickets for a game there and like stay there for a night than it would be to get tickets for a game at Madison Square Garden. I mean, those tickets are not cheap when the Rangers are in the playoffs. And, you know, you mentioned some of your experiences at, you know, professional sports playoff games. Uh, Sadly, I've still never been to a Stanley Cup playoff game, but uh, I think it would probably take the cake. I've been to three Yankee playoff games. They are 0-3. So I should probably stay the hell away when the Yankees are in the playoffs again. Um, and I, I've been to like two football games. I saw the Jets destroy the Colts like 40 to nothing. I saw the Giants beat up the Falcons one year, I think in the first round, I think the Giants won the super bowl that year too. But yeah, man, I mean, I, for my money and this is coming from somebody who's never even actually been to a Stanley cup playoff game. I can't even imagine that there's anything better because you know, watching that game, I watched the game that you were at on TV between the Panthers and lightning. And I'm sorry, you didn't get the win there. Cause I was definitely rooting for the Panthers in that series. But, man, I mean, it comes right through the TV. I mean, you you can tell it really is uh, just a wild atmosphere.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it really was. And that place was buzzing. And I was at the end. I was in the lower bowl. I was at the end where Braden Point had his breakaway goal against Bobrovsky. So I was on the side that the Tampa Bay Lightning got their game-winning goal with just over a minute left in game one. So... I just I just remember I went from such a I remember just remember that arena waving their towels and cheering hope, hoping for either a game winning goal for the Panthers or overtime which honestly watching overtime hockey when it's my when it's my team I went Panthers went through through 3 double ot playoff games in 2016 and honestly, my heart can't take it. So it's horrifying. Like, man.
0: It, it's, it's rough. It's, it's rough
1: when it's your team, when it's your team, it's such a different story than when you're watch when you're not watching your team. And yeah, with, with going through that and I'm just, I was just mentally preparing for overtime in my heart for just to, for my heart to be ripped out of my chest. And, but I also got my heart ripped out of my chest in another way, just, before overtime and right. it was off a, a off a turnover. And then Braden point had that breakaway where Bobrovsky had no chance on just to, to make a save.
0: All right. Once again, a huge thanks to Mr. Armando Velez for joining up with me here doing this crossover special that turned into a two-parter. We will have part two for you guys sometime over the weekend. I'm leaning toward saying that live on Sunday. So uh, Monday's episode will be out one day early, and then uh, we'll do episodes on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, as we always do here on Locked On New York Rangers, your team every day. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Raise your hand if you thought the Atlanta Hawks would be up 3-2 to on the Philadelphia 76ers. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.